Hey, and welcome back to Pip Talks. This is the second ever episode. So yes, I don't really know how to express excitement. Uh, Yeah, so glad to have you all back. For those of you who are new, this is the talk show where we talk about everything, and I do mean everything, from tiny houses to social injustices. That's just who I am. A little bit about this week. I know last week, or not last week, it's been a little bit longer than last week, I guess. But last time uh, we talked, last episode, I kind of had said that I don't really go on a script uh, or off of a script. But this week I had so much that I wanted to talk about and I was a little bit worried about rambling on and I'm sure I still will. (laughs) But... Uh, This week, I do have somewhat of a little bit of a bulletin thing written out for me. Um, It's just little key points. So if it looks like I'm being weirdly specific, it's because I am. Uh, Some of the things that I am reading, I am, or I'm saying I'm literally reading off of a paper that I wrote. But for the most part, I'm just talking out of my butt. So anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, my experiences as a Grubhub driver, uh, my trip to Key West, and some random movie reviews. So grab some coffee, tea, or maybe an adult beverage, whatever floats your boat, and relax. Alright, to get right into it, uh, the first thing that I was wanting to talk about was my experience as a Grubhub driver. Where do I even start? Um, It's too bad my husband isn't here because he also was a Grubhub driver for a while, um, and so he could share some of his stuff. Maybe in another episode we'll have to get him on here and talk about it. But basically, I want to say it all started, I started driving back in August of 2018, but I put my application in in July of that year, not really thinking it was going to be anything big. I was looking for some kind of a delivery job because I really love to drive, Um, and So I was on Craigslist, I think, at the time, and I just saw this ad for, you know, make your own schedule, um, work for Grubhub, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I went ahead, filled out an application, not really expecting for me to even get hired, let alone for it to be a really cool gig, and about two weeks later, they said that they were going to hire me. And um, that the start date was going to be, I can't remember remember the exact date, but I want to say it was like, I want to say it was sometime in August, I'm pretty sure, is when the start date was. And basically, I remember my first day. So our instructions were, you basically downloaded this app, uh, the Grubhub driver, or the Grubhub app for drivers. And um, you basically turned on what they would call your availability. Uh, You would toggle on. And um, my first day, I drove to what is known as like a hotspot. So a hotspot is just basically like a place close to one of the restaurants that you would be getting deliveries from. And so the library that um, we have in town was close to a lot of the restaurants. 
And it was in what we call the, I think it was the yellow zone. So there's two zones in Grubhub, the yellow zone and the red zone. The yellow zone, or the red zone, however, sorry, the red zone is basically like the hot spot area. So it's just basically like this radius that's really close to the restaurants. Um, and the closer you are to a restaurant, the faster or the more, more likely you're going to get uh, an order because there's multiple drivers toggled in at one time and it's basically just like who's there first and who's who can get the item the fastest. Um, and then the yellow zone was basically just like an area that was a little bit um, close to, or was a little bit less close to all the uh, restaurants, but still pretty close. Um, and then out, outside of that, if you were still in the delivering circle, you could still get jobs, but you were less likely to get um, a job. And sometimes that would be like from home. I'd be at home and I'd still be in the delivery radius, but not in a yellow or a red hotspot. So I was least likely to get a job there, but still, still I could. But anyway, I was at the library and I was waiting for, I was toggled on and I was like waiting, 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 waiting half an hour goes by I'm not getting any orders so corporate calls me and they're like we see you're toggled on and we see where you're at in your location uh, we just want to let you know that you're doing fine um, it's going to take a while for the orders to trickle in because people don't even really know we're here yet so um, just go ahead and just know that you're doing what you're supposed to and you're good so I wait about another hour and a half. At this point, I've been toggled on for two hours. Nothing. Corporate calls me again and says, you can go ahead and go home if you want. Um, they said, you don't have to wait in town because since it's not busy, um, yeah, you can just wait at home for orders. So I was like, oh, this is crazy. So I went home. And they had this thing on the app where you could check your daily um amounts that you made and your weekly amounts um and so like basically like every hour that would go by it would show how much you made and back then they were working you on an hourly pay rate so what it was in the beginning it was 15 dollars an hour even if you didn't get any orders that was the base pay it was 15 dollars an hour so um that was like a flat rate now, there, if you actually got a delivery, it just depended on the restaurant. But usually there was like a $2.99 delivery fee and then um, whatever tip um, that they would put on top of that, which sometimes you would get a tip and sometimes you wouldn't, just depending on the person. Um, but say you made like, say you made like $16 that hour. Well, you got to keep the 16. But if the next hour you made only like five or something like that, if you made like five dollars the next hour, then they would add that extra dollar onto the next hour and then you made six. And so they would only like contribute nine dollars the next hour. So that's kind of where they got you. But it really wasn't a big deal in the beginning. And I'll get to that later about how it got to be a big deal later on. But in the beginning, it really wasn't a big deal because you were literally doing nothing for 15 freaking dollars an hour. Now, I get that that's pretty freaking awesome. But add the fact on top of it that there was only a handful of us drivers in the beginning and they had shifts open at that point in time they had shifts open from 6 a.m all the way to 4 in the freaking morning 
So basically, this is how it how it went down. Every Thursday, your schedule would be put up by your um, regional driver specialist. And so you would go onto your app, and then you would race against everybody else. You'd just be, like, clicking like a mad person. Like, it would be insane. You had to log in at 10 a.m. on the dot, or you would not get the shifts you wanted. Well, in the beginning, you didn't really have to. In the beginning, you could take your time because there wasn't hardly anybody there. But basically, what would happen would be, like, you would just click as many as you could get. And there were freaking days, my friends, where I literally was on the clock from 6 a.m. to 4 in the morning, okay? And the first day where I was just, like I said, sitting at home waiting for the orders and I want to say I started at 10 in the morning and I clocked out at about midnight and just because I was tired and I didn't know what all, I did not even know what I had gotten into, like in a good way. Like I was just like, I had no idea what, what was about to happen. Um, but I kept on looking at the app and refreshing it and it would keep saying, you know, you've made such and such. And I mean, I don't even know by the end of the day, what even is that? Like that's 14 hours like what even is that I don't even know it was something like 200 something dollars that I made in one day sitting on my couch doing absolutely freaking nothing like I did I did nothing all day long and I sat on my couch and I like and was at home doing laundry and whatever and uh, I made like 200 something freaking dollars in one night so that went on for the longest time like maybe after the first couple weeks I had maybe like two three orders a day tops like I would be clocked in all day long and I would have like two orders three orders tops and um it was just freaking insane and like they called me um I think it was the second or the third day that I worked there and they were like how much would it take for us to pay you to get you to work from midnight to 4 a.m they're like you could literally sleep just go to sleep if you want be in your pajamas they said keep your phone on loud and if you get an order then just you know like wake up and go into town obviously and do the order but like we'll pay you to just be on call and I was like I don't know like maybe $20 an hour so, at the beginning, that was the thing, too. That was kind of, like, the rate between, like, midnight and 4 a.m. was, like, 20 bucks an hour. It was just freaking insane. Like, I think, okay, so from August to, I want to say, like, January, it went on like that. And I was making, like, 1500 freaking dollars a week. Now, I want to say around, like, October, November, it started to get busy. It was really busy. Like, I would have in a shift, like, if I was working, you know, and it started to get to the point where it was harder to get shifts, but I still I still did. I was still banking that much, and I was still able to do it. Um, but, like, I was it, was, it was getting a lot busier. It wasn't like you were just sitting on your couch. But still, it was, like, the most chill thing ever. Like, you literally would go in to Taco Bell. And you would tell them you're there for whoever your, you know, customer was. And then you would wait until they were, until the order was ready and you would pick it up and you would drop it off at the house. And there was no exchanging money. Everything's already paid for on the app. 
you know, maybe they would give you, the only exchanging of money that you would do was if they were to give you a cash tip, which rarely happened. But, um, yeah, it was just freaking insane. It was so crazy. So that lasted till about January. And then it started to trickle down a little bit. Um, there were some things that you started to run into. The restaurants really hated Grubhub in town. Um, like, really hated it. Taco Bell especially. Uh, they just, it was one more thing for them to have to do. They were that much busier and none of them were getting paid more. And then when they all found out that we were getting paid like twice as much as them to like do half as much work, it they like it did not settle well. But my thing was like, I kept on saying to them, you know, like quit then and become a driver. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. But um, it was just crazy. Like, that was some of the problems that you started to run into. Like, our reviews kind of started to go down because our our delivery times were horrible simply because um, they did not want to make the items. Like, Applebee's and Taco Bell, they just refused to make things on time. Like, they basically, at, at, a, at places like Taco Bell, as soon as an order um, is made there's like a clock like a timer that goes off on their computer and it shows how long it's taken them to make it and so what they started doing is when they would see a grubhub order they didn't want it to ruin their time averages and so they would just bump that order off and intend to make it but a lot of times they would either forget on accident or purposely <laughs> and then you would come in and say that you've arrived and um, they would say the order was ready, but it wasn't really ready. Like your computer would say that it was ready, but it hadn't even been made yet. So then you would have to wait however long. And a lot of times at Taco Bell, I had waited as long as like two hours. It was freaking ridiculous, but they were so backed up. And sometimes they would say things like, you know, the beef was frozen. They didn't have any more beef for the night, so they couldn't make any more tacos. And our Taco Bell stayed open till four in the morning. And sometimes this would happen at like 10 o'clock at night. So it was really frustrating and ridiculous. And that was kind of hard. Uh, Applebee's, like they, they hated Grubhub with a passion. And there was times where I sat there for like two, two and a half hours. I mean, at the end of the day, it really wasn't a horrible problem to have because at the end of the day, two and a half hours yeah it sucks but back then you were getting paid hourly remember and on top of it it's like you're just sitting there waiting so it's like I'm basically it's my job you know so it's like I'm at work and I'm getting paid to just sit there and wait um but eventually it the reviews on Grubhub were just really awful on the website because you know we just had a terrible we had a terrible delivery time um and also, they were always putting the wrong things in the wrong bags and giving us the wrong orders. And we weren't allowed to look inside. And I'll tell you why that is. Okay, funny story. One of the, uh, one of the Grubhub drivers got fired, okay, because they found out that he was eating the food out of the bags. Okay, he literally got caught eating those little Cinnabon things. In the parking lot of Taco Bell. Homeboy didn't even have... Homeboy literally didn't even, like, leave the parking lot. He had the audacity to eat the food in the parking lot of the restaurant. 
Like, they literally looked out the window and saw him milling on a cinnamon bun. And uh, basically what he was doing was every time someone would order a Cinnabon, he would eat just one out of the bag, thinking he was being all slick. But people started calling in and saying that they had one missing. And, of course, they knew who the driver was because it linked it back to the driver. And they figured out that it was him and he was eating the food. So he literally got fired for that, which is freaking ridiculous. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm making $1,500 a week, I think that, you know, I can splurge every now and then on like a $2 bag of Cinnabons. I, I, I just literally don't get what, what was going on in his head. But yeah, so basically it's just because of our quality of drivers sucked and the delivery time sucked because of the restaurant not preparing them on time so our ratings went down and um we weren't as busy as uh we were in the beginning and so we just didn't need as many drivers so they let a lot of drivers go i was kept on but they bumped down our hourly pay to ten dollars an hour and basically what ended up happening was um it just wasn't worth it ten dollars an hour was not worth it because at that point we were super busy you could have as many as three or four orders in one hour, okay? And some of these hours were, or some of these hours, some of these orders would be like 30 minutes apart from each other. So it was literally impossible to make more than $10 an hour, especially when a lot of these people didn't tip at all. Like you had to it just, it didn't work. Like it, it, on paper it did. But the thing is, is even though you had three or four orders that you were signed to in an hour, until you marked those delivered, you did not get paid. It did not count towards that hour. So maybe I have four orders that I've started in that hour, but only two of them have been delivered because they were so far away from each other. And those two, maybe they added up to $6 an hour so they had to compensate you for the extra four right to make up to make it ten dollars an hour ten dollars an hour after taxes and gas it it was like nothing you were making like three four dollars an hour it was ridiculous so it just ended up being not worth it towards the end and then um the hours like they just they started becoming impossible to get then they took away the breakfast hour so it ended up um they ended up cutting the 6 to 11 shift all together and they took away the midnight to 4 a.m because it wasn't busy enough so it just became harder and harder to get um hours and then i ended up just going back to the school and working there but that was my experience with grubhub um i am completely out of breath i need to stop for a second and take a sip of my coffee good stuff. I know it's ridiculous. It's three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm having another cup of coffee, but you know what? It's my life. Deal with it. Okay. So the next thing I wanted to talk about with you guys was my trip to Key West back in uh, December of 2018. <sighs> I don't even know what to say about that trip. It was just I love Key West. It's like the most magical place to me on the planet. And I've been, I've been, I think I counted like 26 or 27 states. I can't remember. I've been 
I've been everywhere in this country, basically. Like, the only part of this country that I haven't been is, like, northwest. So, like, I haven't been to, like, Washington or Oregon or Montana. I haven't been in those areas, but I've pretty much been all the other regions. I've been in this, uh, the west coast. I've been in the southwest. I've been um, the east coast. I've been up north near Canada and... Yeah, obviously now I'm talking about the most southern continental tip of the U.S. That's Key West. And yeah, so uh, the trip basically was a product of the Grubhub era (laughs) that I just got done talking about. And uh, we stayed in a condo in Cocoa Beach, which was pretty great. I loved Cocoa Beach. Uh, we went to the Kennedy Center, which I loved. Had a great time there. We stayed about five or six days, I think. About, I think, six days. And then um, we ended up going down to Key West. I last minute found a camping spot that we were allowed to park our car and sleep in for the night at Leo's Campground. And we got all the way down there, which like, which was like a seven-hour drive from Coco. And they said to us that they double booked us. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because it is not easy to find a place to stay in Key West. Mind you, this was, this was Christmas week. Like, I think it was, no, let's see. I think it was like the day before New Year's Eve. I think it was like December 30th or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was like December 30th. So it was not easy to find a place to stay there. And B, anything that was open was at least minimum $400 a night. To stay in like a Motel 6 type of um, hotel, it was literally going to be like $400 freaking dollars a night. Minimum. So I found this place for like 50 bucks a night and I ran with it. And we get all the way down there and they double booked us. And they literally, I said, well, can I at least have a refund? And they were like, no, we can't do that. Like, well, they gave me a refund, but they wouldn't do a cash refund. And I was like, well, I don't think I should have to wait to get it put back on my debit card since it's not my fault that you guys double booked us. And they're like, well, we we can't do that. It's just our policy. Like, like literally, we had a car. We were going to sleep in our car. What I don't understand is why they couldn't even have offered us a place to just park. We had no tent. We were literally just going to sleep in our little little Toyota Echo. Like, it is, like, literally, like, the tiniest little car ever. Or was. We don't have it anymore. But it was just so freaking crazy. Like, all I wanted to do was use that place to, like, shower and crash. But anyway, yeah. So don't go down to Leo's campground. If you go down there, don't go there. They're, they have horrible reviews online. Uh, But anyway, we ended up sleeping in, uh, well, first off, we went down to Key West, right? And we explored the island. And it was amazing. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just the whole island is like eight square miles. So basically, you don't even need a car when you're down there. Um, We rented a scooter, and that's how we got around everywhere was just on the scooter. And it was great. Uh, I loved it. Um, We went to Fort Zachary Taylor and that was pretty cool um it was it was really old i don't even know how old it dates back but it was really really cool the beach was awesome like it was like no other beach i've ever been to there was like 
trees on the beach which i know sounds crazy but it's like you know most beaches you go to there's just sand and that's it and there's maybe some palm trees there were like i know i sound so stupid saying this but i don't know trees very well but there were like tree trees you know what i mean and it was just beautiful it was breathtaking and um so uh that night we were trying to figure out where to sleep because obviously at this point at this point we had nowhere to sleep and we did not want to leave uh, miami was still like a four-hour drive yeah miami was like a four-hour drive and i really didn't want to leave anyway like i wanted to spend the next day like exploring the the islands and stuff so um basically we uh drove into a parking lot of a hotel on the island and we put up some like velcro like blanket covers on the window and uh, a visor for the windshield and we were like let's just let's just try this for the night and I had already seen on YouTube how hard it was to car camp in the Keys like it's like almost impossible and uh so like maybe an hour goes by and someone comes knocking on our door like our window of the car and they flashed this little flashlight in and I just like jump out of my skin because I'm like woke up, you know, like out of rim and Omar's like, don't move. But it was too late. Like they had already they'd already seen us. So we had to leave. They they're really strict about that kind of thing there, um, which really sucks. But basically, we just drove. I'm trying to think how far away Marathon is from Marathon Key is like the middle area of the key so you got like key largo which is like the first key and then um basically you got all these like little keys in between but like the big keys are key largo marathon key and then the last one is key west and so um i think we went to marathon key and it was like maybe an hour and a half drive something like that i don't know and uh we slept in the parking lot of kmart there was like a lot of people that were doing it you could tell that you weren't really like I had called Kmart beforehand, and they said that that was fine, like, they didn't care, but, like, you still don't want to be, like, too, you don't want to, like, sprawl out and be obnoxious, like, it's just kind of, like, RV etiquette that you just, you know, you kind of keep low-key, if you have an RV, you certainly don't pull the pull the slide-outs out, like, it's, just don't be obnoxious, like, this is a free, you know, thing that they they do for you for the customers like don't don't take advantage of it and and be obnoxious but anyway we just slept in the car and then of course the next morning i needed a shower because it was really hot down there even though it was december i think it was like 84 degrees so um we went to isla morado which is an island um it's right before the it's right before key west and Baja, um, I think Baja, I'm trying to think, oh no, not Baja, I'm sorry, Bahia, Bahia Honda State Park, um, is on Isla Morado Key, and it is, oh my god, it is beautiful, you can literally see both sides of the ocean on the island, it's that, like, skinny of an island, and the island is just beautiful. It was hit by some hurricanes a few years ago, and so, um, it was devastated in parts, but they've done a lot to, like, rebuild it and, um, repair it and everything, and it was just, it was freaking gorgeous, but anyway, um, 
basically I just snuck into the campgrounds and took a shower there. <laughs> they have like these bathhouses and it was like eight in the morning and like all of the workers had like walked down uh the little road the service road and they were all drinking their coffee and so like technically you're supposed it's supposed to be for campers but I mean I would have I would have camped there if they had had any open spots but they didn't so I just went into the bathhouse and I took a shower and it was like super clean like it was the cleanest bathhouse I've ever been in like I was so happy that I had my little shower caddy and I was like I felt so I don't know why it's so ridiculous but I love like I, I don't know I like I just like hacks like that you know what I mean like it just made me feel so I don't know it's so lame but it was like I felt like so rebel rebel like I was like yeah like I worked worked the whole system like I was able to stay the night and I got a shower and I wasn't paying $400 a night like all these crazy people so I don't know I know that's really lame and sad but I felt really good about myself it was nice and the shower was luxurious might I add but anyway, we spent the rest of the morning on that island and walking up and down the beach and collecting, like, you know, seashells and stuff like that, all that good stuff. And then we went back to Key West and we um, rode around on the electric scooter on the island and uh, we went to Fort Zachary Taylor again. We went to the beach and we walked down to Vall Street, which is like, it's... Duval Street is like, I've never been to Mardi Gras, but from what I hear about Mardi Gras, it's like Mardi Gras every day on Duval Street. Like, there is what they call the sunset celebration because looking down off of Duval Street, there's Mallory Square, and looking down Mallory Square, you can see the sunset perfectly through the street on the ocean, and every night they make a huge to-do about it. Like, every night at sunset, people come out and they have, like, flamethrowers and tightrope walkers and people, like, dressed up in costumes and they have, like, dancers and, I mean, like, it is freaking crazy. It's so, I love it. It was so cool. Like, and then we, um, they have all these art galleries down there. So we went into one of these art galleries and... Uh, one of the guys that worked there, I don't know, he was really crazy, and for some reason, like, he cornered us while we were looking at this Alice in Wonderland painting, and I don't know what he thought about us that made him think that we were gonna buy, like, I can't even remember how much the painting was. I, I just don't get the value of art. I'm not saying I don't like art. I consider myself artsy, but I'm not a painter, and I have friends that paint, and I love it and everything, but I don't understand when paintings cost $20,000. Like, I just don't get that. Um, and I can't remember how much it was, but it was something crazy. Like, not like that, but it was, like, something like $5,000. And he, like, set us down in this room, and he's, like, write down a number. And I was, like, I don't know. And he's, like, just don't say anything like $500. He was, like, that's what the last person said. And I just rolled my eyes and thought, you don't know art. And I was, like... That's what I was going to put down like $200. Not that I would have even bought it, but that's what I thought maybe it was worth. <laughs> so anyway, it was just freaking crazy. And then, yeah, we gave him like a fake name because he wanted us to call him or he wanted to call us. And I was just like, no. So yeah, we were the art connoisseurs that day. That was pretty freaking crazy. 
And so, yeah, we spent the rest of the day doing stuff like that. And um, we went to this restaurant called Moondogs. And it was so cute. And the food was so good. And it was just magical. Like, I just remember sitting there outside in the eating area and just thinking, like, I don't ever want to leave this place. So I will always miss Key West. Um, I really, really wish that I could live down there. But it is crazy, ridiculous expensive to live down there like even in a trailer park it's like or an rv it's like a thousand dollars minimum a month plus utilities so i mean it's just really outrageous but i will always always have a place in my heart for key west and yeah oh i forgot one or a couple more things one if you ever go down there um i did not realize this at the time but you can go to the martin luther king community pool it's free to get in and as long as you at least do a lap around the pool um you can use their shower for free so that's a little pro tip um if you ever go down there and you somehow are able to car camp you can get cleaned up there at the pool for free i did not know that otherwise i would have done that instead <laughs> would have been a little bit uh, easier but anyway and then the other thing I was going to tell you guys about was my couch surfer experience so well or lack of I almost had an experience but um I don't know if any of you have ever heard of couch surfing but there's this website basically where you can type in a place that you want to visit and people post online their houses and you're basically allowed to just like stay on their couch or whatever spare bedroom for free and they like yeah a lot of people do it for like hookups and stuff but there are genuinely people on there that just do it because they're like kind people or they're like looking to like meet people that have the same interests as them and make a friend and so I looked down there um last winter to see if they had any opening spots on Key West totally not thinking that it would even be a thing and there was this guy who owns this private island and it was primitive like there was no electricity no water on the island but you were um allowed to bring a hammock and basically it was like a survivor situation I feel like like he said every um winter he picked 15 people on couchsurfing.com to um come down there and stay on his island you had to kayak to the island be there by sunset and you were not allowed to use a flashlight the only lights you were allowed to use on the island was fire and so omar and i like talked about it and we were like do we want to do this like i just thought it was so crazy i'm like he's never gonna accept us like why would he accept us like there's only 15 people and then he he did like he had somebody like back out of the last second and so he went ahead and took up our offer and I totally made the offer as a joke and so like I was just like so I couldn't believe that it, like he had actually said yes and I was in shock and so for like a week I was like okay we're gonna do this and then last minute I like backed out because I was like freaked out I'm like what if this guy's a serial killer or a murderer or something so I didn't end up doing it but yeah it always makes me wonder what happened on that island and like yeah all that stuff it was pretty crazy anyway I needed another sip of my coffee ah good stuff nothing better than just black coffee with some almond milk. I know a lot of people don't like almond milk in their coffee, but I don't know. Something about it hits for me. Anyway, 
the last topic uh, of the day I wanted to talk about is movie reviews. Uh, the first one is A Quiet Place, which came out in 2018. They marked it online as a horror sci-fi. Uh, the synopsis reads, if they hear you, they hunt you. A family must live in silence to avoid mysterious creatures that hunt by sound, knowing that even the slightest whisper or footstep can bring death. Evelyn and Lee are determined to find a way to protect their children while desperately searching for a way to fight back. And, uh, let's see, the hour running time was an hour and 31 minutes, and it got 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I would say that it was a hit. (laughs) Uh, It stars John Krasinski as Lee Abbott and Emily Blunt as Evelyn Abbott. And fun fact, a lot of you probably already know this, but John and Emily are married in real life, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I really liked the show. Um, it, uh, has a sequel coming out. Was supposed to come out back in March, but because of the pandemic, it got pushed to September. And then I guess three days ago, uh, the release date got pushed back to April 23rd of next year. So it'll be a while before we get the sequel to that, but I really like that movie. Um, I know a lot of you probably have already seen it, but I just thought it'd be a cool idea to do a review on it since there's a sequel coming out. And yeah, I like the movie. Basically, there's just a lot of suspense in it. The whole movie is basically silence. <laughs> I don't know, like the movie kind of reminds me of Castaway in a in a sense. Uh, I guess there's there was more talking in Castaway than there was in A Quiet Place, which is funny because Castaway was basically one character the whole movie. And in this movie, let's see. So you've got John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And then, um, I don't know if I'm saying this name right, but Melissant Simmons plays the daughter and she's mute in the movie, so she can't talk anyway. Uh, Noah Jupe uh, plays... Marcus Abbott, which is the middle-aged boy, and then Cade Woodward plays the little boy, Bue Abbott, and he, spoiler alert, he dies in the first part of the movie. So, basically, and then you have, like, two other people, I think, in the cast or something like that, but basically these are your main characters, and they don't say anything, like, the whole movie. Like, the whole movie is just basically them trying to survive these aliens who are attracted to sound, and she's having a baby during all this. And, you know, like, it's pretty hard to have a baby and not make a noise. <laughs> and, you know, like, all this different things that they have to go through and adapt to in a world that's basically just silent. And I really liked it. So, that's a cool movie. I can't wait for the sequel to come out. Go check it out. And uh, the other movie that I wanted to review was Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. So we're going on a little bit of an office theme. We got John Krasinski. We got Steve Carell. So keep it on theme. Uh, that movie came back, or that movie came out in 2012. Uh, it has a runtime of an hour and 41 minutes. It says online that it's a romance comedy, but... For me, I felt like it was more of a dark comedy. It was the first of its kind that I had ever seen. I 
I, uh, I don't think I said this in the beginning, but it is literally my favorite movie ever. I love this movie, um, which is really weird. I didn't think that this was the case, but it only got 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, however, if you look it up on Google, it says 91% liked it on Google, which I have a kind of a theory about that. On Rotten Tomatoes, people are just on that website just to solely criticize you know, either positively or negatively, just movies in general. Um, but when you click on the actual Google movie, it's usually because you like that movie. So I think that's probably why it had a 91%. Personally, I think it was super underrated. I absolutely love this movie. I think I've already said that, but, uh, the soundtrack is amazing. It's starring Steve Carell as Dodge, uh, Keira Knightley as Penny, uh, Patton, I don't know if it's Peyton or Patton, Patton Oswalt, he plays Roche, which is basically Dodge's best friend. Adam Brody plays, uh, Owen, who is Keira Knightley's, uh, boyfriend in the beginning. Derek Luke plays Speck, who is Keira Knightley's ex-boyfriend. Nancy Carell, who is Steve Carell's wife in real life, plays Linda, uh, who is the, who is Steve Carell's wife in the beginning of the movie. Um, and then Amy Schumer makes a cameo. I think that was like the start of her career uh, taken off. And so uh, the synopsis reads, the, amount, the announcement that an enormous asteroid will obliterate Earth in less than a month brings an end to the marriage of mild-mannered insurance salesman Dodge, Steve Carell, whose wife leaves him on the spot. After his bold young neighbor, Penny, played by Keira Knightley, belatedly delivers a letter from Dodge's former sweetheart, Dodge decides that he must find the love of his life before it's too late. Dodge and Penny embark on a road trip that eventually brightens their outlook, if not the world's. So, that was the synopsis on that. I, I just, I can't say enough good things about that movie. Like, it's just good from beginning to end for me. Like, I know a lot of people didn't like it. I didn't realize it, but I looked up some of the reviews, and a lot of people really hated it. They just thought it was dull, but I think what I liked about it was that, it, to me, it felt real. Like, it felt like all these things, people would really react the way they did in the movie. And I think the chemistry between Steve Carell and Keira Knightley, I will arguably say that they're my favorite on-screen couple. I hope to God that they reunite in another movie because they're magic. Like, I just, I loved their dynamic. And yeah, like, I, I just love this movie so much. Uh, fun fact, Steve Carell tried out for Saturday Night Live before The Office, and Lauren Michaels is reportedly to have said that he made a big mistake not casting him. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, like I said, Steve Carell's wife, Nancy, plays his wife in the movie, and she also plays Carol, Michael Scott's girlfriend, in The Office. And then another fun fact was that the year this came out, which was 2012, well, 2012 was predicted to be the end of the world by the Mayan calendar, and I don't know this to be for sure, but I'm pretty sure that was why the movie came out in 2012 because I remember that being kind of like a joke around that time um but yeah it came out in the summer of 2012 and I think it had like a budget of 10 million dollars but it only made 9.5 which is pretty sad I I don't know I I love it so much and I honestly I've shown it to all my friends and they 
all always fall in love with it. Every time I show a friend that movie, they love it. I've never had someone say they didn't like it. And on top of that, I own it on Blu-ray and I have two copies of it on DVD. <laughs> it's a problem because I'll take it over to a friend's house and I'll forget it there. And I love it so much that I don't even want to wait to like get it back from them. So I'll go to disc replay and buy another copy of it. It's sad. I have a problem. It's like my go-to when I'm like feeling sad or like PMSing. Like I'll just pop that movie in and it just feels comfortable. Sue me. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh yeah well i guess that's it uh thanks for tuning in to another episode of pip talks and yeah be looking out for the third episode coming very soon uh hopefully some original music coming soon uh from my friend jared and yeah until then stay golden bye